You're listening to the Julius Profiles podcast brought to you by Julius, influencer marketing software that helps brands and agencies discover the right influencer partners and then manage collaborative campaigns from start to finish. On this podcast, we put people first, discussing the marketers, influencers, and consumers of this growing industry. We'll go beyond the day-to-day of influencer marketing and into the nuances of this dynamic practice. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at juliusworks.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Julius Profiles podcast. My name is Danny Palestine. I am the head of product marketing at Julius. And today, we have a real special guest. Today, we have Steve Oriola, the CEO of Julius. And Steve, great to have you on. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You have a ton of experience running businesses. And I think there is a really interesting parallel that influencers are facing when it comes to running their small business. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where are you raised? How did you get to do the funky stuff that you're doing today? Paint us a picture. Paint us a picture. uh, I am from Boston. We'll take that. Yeah. Still have all my sports loyalties, but I love New York. Yeah. Love living here. Good. Um, Yeah, I've been, you know, in software and software as a service and the internet for a very long time. And yeah. But didn't start there. Yeah. Was not my plan. What, ha- what happened? <laughs> I actually went to art school. Okay. Yeah. What Crazy, uh, Fine huh? art? Fine art. Big sculptures and paintings That's and cool. pictures and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. S- someday you're going to bring something into the office uh. and show us what's going on there. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't done it in a long time, so it'd be something old. Yeah. So, so you jumped from art. You got into business. Yeah, you know, I got out of college and kicked around for a year and then ended up in an entry-level job at a software company doing inside sales. And uh, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And uh, here I am. And you were at – before Julius, uh, you were at Pipedrive? Yep. I was the CEO of a a CRM company. And, and, yep, a lot of travel, a lot of international stuff. You know, I worked a handful of places. I worked at big, giant companies. I worked at IBM. Uh, But mostly I've done startups. What do you love about being a CEO? Like, what is the challenge that you just want to tackle every day and be like, this is why I do what I do? Oh, God. It, it's really difficult. Um, what do I love about it? <laughs> <laughs> Great well, question. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I love the businesses. I love this business. It's really exciting. You know, it's pretty creative. You know, what I what I picked up in art school was uh, not to fear white space. You know, I, I know how to get started. And, you know, I then later in my career went to business school and concentrated on finance. And so I have that sort of left brain, right brain connection pretty well wired. But, no, I love I love the possibilities. I love that we're sort of pre or generally pre sort of process and bureaucracy. Process is important. Uh, you need to get things done. But, you know, it lacks that sort of bureaucracy and process for process sake, which you get in really large organizations with thousands of people. I've done that and it's not fun. Yeah, I can appreciate <laughs> that. And yeah. what is – you've been at the company for almost a year now. What's mm-hmm. been a really interesting thing that you've learned about the space that's been new for you? And how has that changed some of your preconceptions about influencer marketing? I think that sure. there's a lot of headlines all the time about influencer marketing this, influencer marketing that. So as an outsider coming in, what? how has that – yeah, yeah, I mean, I understood it. I've always been, um, and, and this has always been an ingredient of the startups I've been part of. You know, there's been advocacy and word of mouth, and they've, this is always something that helps marketing tremendously. 
And so I sort of got it when I when I looked at the space. I started looking at the space probably a few years ago and spent a year really considering Julius because I know the founder and uh, had met him. And, you know, what a, a couple of preconceptions. I came in thinking, God, this is really hard to measure. You can't measure this stuff. Well, that's not true. We know that you can. I came into a thinking – a bunch of 20-something narcissists <laughs> just trying to get free stuff from brands. Yeah, yeah. That's not true. These are very thoughtful people who care about, you know, FTC compliance, who care about authenticity, and really care about their followers. So, you know, these were um, these were things that were really pleasant surprises as I got really deep into it. Yeah, these influencers, I think, to everything that you're saying is that people are easy to dismiss them because there are these people on Instagram, and Instagram is just social media. But they're building not just a business but a brand themselves. Do, um, it's a it's a tall order. Yeah, I you know I I think that the target audiences for a lot of uh, brands and marketers are people that do not consume media the way you know if you're a 25 year marketer steeped in all of those tactics and you don't understand how people are consuming media now you're in trouble. Yeah, what so. do you think is the biggest challenge for influencers to build? a brand and a business in today's age? Where do you think that friction is? Well, building a brand takes time, money, and consistency. And often uh, they don't have any of those things. Certainly money is a challenge. Um, so they have to be just consistent over time, which is difficult to do because you've got to sort of pivot and be agile. And it takes time. So I think the brand building is difficult. So I would call it more sort of audience curation. I think that they need to be, you know, really aware of their audience and how their audience is responding to them. And and that's really where their value is because that's what marketers are looking for. They're, they're, they're always looking to reach audiences. And, you know, a brand will never have the kind of relationship with an audience that a human being does. Brands are not humans. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think they have an incredibly valuable asset that they need to curate carefully. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I actually remember one of the first things that you told me when you first started working, you're like, Danny, we got to listen to the data. We got to do what's right for us. And we got to double down on the things that are working and, you know, yeah. make that work for us. And I think that when influencers can listen to themselves mm -hmm. and realize what's working for them and what's working for their audience, that's when they can succeed. And to do that, though, you, they need to also be really picky about the partnerships that they take. Yeah. So what's your advice to influencers as a CEO to these mini CEOs about finding a right partnership? How do you know, you know, a, a brand is about to maybe throw some money at you. Mm -hmm. They're going to send you on a trip, but you know what? You're not exactly in it for whatever reason. What? How do you right. know when this isn't the, maybe the best? Uh, be honest. Yeah. They need to be really, really honest about um, – yeah, about what they're communicating. If if they're if they're feigning, you know, excitement or interest, uh, you know, I think they're in trouble uh, because they they need to have a, a, you know the same kind of enthusiasm for everything that they do in front of their audience, and includes plugging products or services of a brand. And and I think that people know, you know that yeah. if they're not the 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 secret is in our influencers taking brand deals. That's right. not that's not a mystery now. It's right. about finding the ones that are going to do it right and do it right for you. And there's a lot of influencers out there that are taking partnerships. And Julius is a great way to help them do that. So mm -hmm. from a technological perspective, where does Julius fit into helping influencers find the best information about what's happening in the world? 
influencers really need to trust themselves. And as CEOs of their own business, they're tackling a lot of different projects on their own. Mm -hmm. They are dealing with a lot of things that outside of creative capacity, when do, as a CEO, when do you decide, you know what, I can't do this myself. I need to find help to get this done. When does that breaking point happen? Yeah, so this is where business school helped. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I, did, I didn't learn this in art Influencers school. Influencers don't go to business school all the time, though. <laughs> no, so, they don't. Yeah, yeah. But they do go to art school. There you go. Um, so, you know, I think that you need to understand the value of your time, really. And if the value, if the cost of someone else doing it is less than the the cost of you doing it, and and that cost is in you know, just do the math. How much money are you making and how much time are you spending? So you can come up with a, a, a value for your hour, but also think about opportunity cost, right? You could be spending your time communicating with your audience more, cultivating it more. You could be spending your time finding the next uh, sponsorship deal rather than figuring out how to get invoices out. Yeah. You know, find for all of those mundane activities that you're really not in this to be doing – Find economical ways to get them done. And I would imagine that's how they do the rest work too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and do, what, do what you're good at. Hire people who are way better than you at the things you're not good at and the things that you don't want to do because this is a good majority of your life is spent uh, either working or thinking about it. Yeah. So. I, I think influencers try and get into this because <clears throat> it's a – fun thing to do but then all of a sudden there's a ton of work involved with it and getting down to the nitty-gritty sometimes is a little bit more challenging um so in terms of building a business though where do you see influencers professionally you know the the the, the space is really becoming a billion dollar industry and because of that they're being challenged by brands to do bigger and better things how do you see this space becoming more professional and is that a good thing yeah, I think it is. I mean, these are people running businesses. You know, it's the gig economy. So they, they should they should professionalize more. And I think that they are. I do hear from marketers that, that is a, that's an issue, a challenge, um, when someone doesn't know what an invoice is. Uh, that's probably an extreme example. But, you know, it's uh, – they do find – the marketers do find themselves coaching individuals through sort of the business aspects of it. So I think there's a, there's a number of things. Look, they, they, their intent is to be professional. And so if their intent is that, and I, I've learned this through dozens of conversations, they will become professional. They could turn to an agent. We're seeing more of that. The challenge there is sometimes the agents aren't professional themselves. <laughs> so, so I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to turn to an agent, uh, make sure the agent is professional uh, and has some experience. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, they need to look for services that can help them and – you know, do the research and and find, you know, things to take those sort of mundane activities, which are generally the, you know, the more sort of mechanics of the business that take them off your plate, but get them done so yeah. that you can work with companies. And something that you said just now is, you know, that, that struck with me is that you have done a great job about learning about what's happening in this space. And I think that influencers need to understand what brands want in addition to cultivating their own brand. So as someone who is learning the space, what steps have you been taking that maybe an influencer should be doing as well to be like, you know what, here's some great things that you guys should be doing in order to stay on the pulse of what marketers care about. 
Yeah, I think that they should elicit feedback from marketers, quite honestly. And, and you know, feedback is a gift. You've heard me say that. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> I, anybody who works for me has heard me say that. And someone I used to work for used to say it all the time. That's where I got it. And feedback really is a gift. I mean, nine times out of ten, people are not giving you feedback to be mean. They're giving you feedback so you can become better at something. So I would say e- even if you lose an opportunity, ask why. And if you execute and, you know, you activate a campaign with, uh, with a brand that you, uh, that you trust, ask them for feedback. Yeah, feedback goes a long way. And I think that that's how – I also think from a marketer's perspective, they should be asking feedback from influencers because yeah. I think a lot of the time the marketers think that they know the best thing all the time for everybody and yeah. sometimes leave influencers out of that conversation for collaboration. So. Well, also that feedback leads to relationships. And Growth if the market senses yeah. that you want a relationship, that you're thinking more than transactionally, that bodes well for you. I mean, it's a business about relationships. And mm-hmm. I think being a CEO with a board of directors or whoever it is, investors, and then, you know, from influencers to consumers, it, it it's a time that you can't just say, I'm going to burn this bridge and see you later. I think that there's always an opportunity. Influencers are connected to each other also. Mm-hmm. You know, if some if an influencer is a bad experience with a brand you know, they might say something to some other influencers and I don't really want to work with that person anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of an interesting dynamic. A lot of the communities that roll together also, you know, sometimes are rep by the same manager. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, building those relationships is really important. What are the things that influencers should be looking forward to um, when stepping up their game to working with marketers in your experience, from from what you've heard from marketers, where do you think uh, you know influencers really need to say, you know what, I'm going to challenge myself to be better for my partners? Um, certainly all of the aspects around professionalism, you know, be on time, make commitments and keep them, et cetera. But also um, I would say really um, strive to be less transactional in how you're doing this business and – pursue those longer-term relationships because brands are generally looking for those as well. The, the, the trend is towards, you know, longer-term, more established uh, relationships with influencers, you know, to the point where some are even coming in and getting quasi-roles in these brands. Yeah. Um, and I, I would – I think people should endeavor to be more strategic about how they approach these relationships. And, um, you know, you, you might not have experience with that, but you know, I, I think – that if you go and look for, you know, business concepts around relationship selling as opposed to transactional selling and things like that, you know, you might get some indication of how to approach these brands in a in a much more strategic way. Yeah, I think we, we saw that when we did that panel from a little while ago, mm-hmm. that's what influencers want. They want those long-term relationships. But then on the other hand, if a marketer has to keep on coaching and teaching yeah. about how to be professional, yeah. it can kind of get a little but that's crazy. The, that's coming back to the feedback. I think the eliciting feedback will actually start to help you establish that because – It'll tell you how to work with them again. It'll also indicate to them that you're trying to be professional. Mm-hmm. You're trying to establish something long-term. And the only way to do that is to, is to have them tell you what's necessary yeah. and what's needed. So it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to get feedback. It's even harder to elicit it. But it's a really mature way to to deal with these brands and their representatives. When do you push back on feedback? When do you say, you know what? This isn't going to fly. 
Oh, like you don't agree with the feedback? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not in the moment. Okay. Oh, that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, generally not in the moment. But if, if you know, let it gestate. Um, and then if you don't agree with it, come back and, and ask for some clarification. You know, and I wouldn't clonk people on the head and say, hey, you were wrong. Yeah, um, you dummy. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would come back and say, you know, I, I'm trying to sort of integrate that with uh, kind of the way I operate. I'm having a hard time. Can we go over that again? Yeah, that's interesting. Again, I think that a lot of time it's a one way street, but you know, building that camaraderie is really important to to have that growth. So Steve, you know, with any business, the goal is growth, you know, from an awareness standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from an opportunity standpoint, what's your perspective on influencers kind of taking a business approach to growing their brand? There's a lot of ways to do that with the numbers, but then scaling for opportunities as well. What does growth look like? To you from an influencer perspective. Sure. Um, so, you know, the influencer is the product. So there is a sort of physics, you know, there's a natural constraint on on the expansion of that business. There's only one of you. So growth can take a few forms. I know influencers who have small staffs, you know, four or five people who work for them full time. I, I think, you know, growth and, and bigger success will, uh, will come with, you know, successful campaigns, obviously, brands that you've represented. But really, it's about taking all of those sort of mechanical aspects of running the business sort of off your plate through services, maybe through a staff. And, uh, and if you're in high enough demand, you know, increase your rates to, to, you know, enjoy the, the opportunity to have that kind of a team. Is, is, do you think yeah. that rates are a metric for influencer success? Do you think that like, hey, if I'm charging $50 for this post and then, you know what, I'm getting away with charging 75. Is that like a level up or how do you think like an influencer can, you're always yeah. about OKRs and having measurable <laughs> results. What do you think an influencer like measurable success looks like? Well, it depends. I mean, um, you know, a lot of it could be about what do I want my life to be like? Hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I think a lot of small businesses in general, we all think growth, a grow. A lot of small businesses don't want to grow. They want to have more time to go on vacation, <laughs> huh. you know, and and so they want to build a, an organization that's right for them so they can have a great life. It's really about profitability. Do I have enough profit so that I can have the staff to do the things I need done so that I can go spend two months on my boat? Whatever your lifestyle goal is, that could be the driver. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Spend two months on your yeah. boat. Yeah. And I also think that there's a, maybe a level of specialty. You know, one influencer, I remember looking at this influencer, they had tabs for all their different topics. It was food and travel and fashion yeah. and this and this and this. And I'm like, but what do you talk about? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I, I, I would have thought that as well. But I'm, I'm sort of morphing into thinking, um, you know, some of the folks that I see that are successful are, are a bit more fluid than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, foodie turns into sort of restaurant critic, turns into all of a sudden destination and travel. You know, there's one influencer in particular. I saw her recently with her boyfriend. They took a flight on Emirates Air and did the, you know, the luxury cabin. And she's more of a foodie than anything. She sort of seems to be morphing into a destination person and a little bit travel. This is definitely a travel thing. Yeah. I'm sure the flight was comped. She's a very successful influencer. But she what she did is she she wove into it her core thing which is food and before they got on the flight back she got a tour of the emirates uh, facility to do all the food prep for the flight and and she chronicled it through instagram stories 
So she was able to sort of be consistent and weave back into the whole thing what she's really about. Yeah, consistency. I think consistency is important. You know, have your core, but also have some fluidity. I mean, I think it makes her more interesting, and um, she's interesting enough to follow anyway. She, she. She's not too constrained. Yeah. And that, you know? I guess that ties back to a business, right? You want to have your pillars, yep. but then have the, the, the feasibility and function to kind of tackle a bunch of different things. Food is her pillar. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, I learned some things about flights on Emirates Air. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go spend $10,000 for a seat on Emirates Air next week, but, but <laughs> <laughs> if someone else is paying, I'll yeah. And <laughs> I think it's interesting that maybe with this perspective, that's how you can actually create really cool stories. You know, if it's just a food influencer taking food porn pics all the time, you're yeah. kind of going to just hear that from the influencer all the time. Yeah. So getting a new spin on things, and especially for the worlds of food and travel that go so well together. Yeah. It, it does work quite well. Yeah, and when I, whenever I see her story up there, I always hit it because yeah. I know that I'm going to see something a little bit different every time. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. staying dynamic in 2019, especially with all the platforms and functions, functionalities that are coming up, it's becoming way more personal and way more integrated into consumers' lifestyle. What What do you? Uh, how are you following on social? What What are you uh, engaging with? What are you liking these days? Food and restaurants in New York, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, there's 30,000 restaurants here. I'm still trying to find them <laughs> and all. And soon you were going, <laughs> <laughs> to get through all of them yeah, yeah and i i do um yeah i'm drawn to food and restaurants and i'm i'm drawn to destinations yeah, yeah i'm really ha into that have you been inspired to go to a restaurant that you've seen um and you can say i mean i have there was yeah. a uh a sushi bar lower manhattan and i'm forgetting the name so but, okay but yes i was inspired by that particular influencer to go uh, get some that's sushi. awesome yeah yeah, I think sushi is uh, well-liked by all. Yes. But uh, good luck with all that. So any parting words for influencers who – of all different sizes. So I think that you know influencers have made it, have kind of tried the true. But you know what? Um, we've talked a lot about authenticity and honesty to yourself. We talked about taking things off your plate and giving them to other people. In terms of you know crafting a vision yep. – how – what are some steps that you think an influencer would say like, all right, I want to be here in two years? What are the steps that you can – to do to make a plan to do that? Yeah, I think the discussion about being you know more fluid and morphing but having your pillar, I think early on you probably want to be much more focused okay, um, so that you can sort of capture people's attention. Now I'm following this person and she meanders and I find it interesting but I'll keep following her. But early on, I would I would say be more focused and probably try to be local. I think there's a there's a big opportunity in local, and we're seeing that from the marketer side. They're trying to understand, you know, can I actually geotarget? Can I find local audiences? I mean, it's a it's a big, uh, yeah, that's a big area of focus for a lot of people. So I think you know, I think you'll get more, you know, you'll get more traction if you have that sort of local niche, a focus, and maybe maybe focus on particular types of audiences. Nail it real well at the beginning and then figure out how to be there. Yeah, I would, say, I would say more niche at the beginning is going to be more helpful. You know, another one of my favorite influencers, not particularly because of the topics. I'm not drawn to her topics, but I met her and I've been following mm -hmm. her and watching her business and watching her. Her base is growing, not significantly, but her engagement is off the charts. And she's a Latina lifestyle influencer in the Bronx. I mean, she's got a pretty particular niche and she's crushing it. Yeah. Amazing yeah. engagement and knows her community. I would Knows her community yeah. really, really well. And, you know, I think she's got 20,000 followers. I mean, it's not huge. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but if she gets to a hundred or, or above, then she can start to take flights on Emirates and yeah. be more fun <laughs> and meander around. Well, well uh, Steve, yeah. this was fun. It was great fun. Thank I hope you. you had a good time. Um, Thanks for joining us. A lot of ex- it's, good. it's good to know where you're spending all your time. Yeah, yeah. I moved in here. Uh, it's been great. Uh, thank you, Gotham Podcast Studio. But yeah, this is great. Influencers take it from a CEO about how to you know control and optimize your business. A lot of great stuff out there. This was a super fun episode. Stay tuned for more episodes coming to you from the Julius Profiles podcast on your favorite podcast streaming episode. And visit us at JuliusWorks.com. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Julius Profiles, a podcast brought to you by Julius Influencer Marketing. To hear more episodes, learn more about influencer marketing, or to discover how our platform adds a human touch to marketing, visit JuliusWorks.com.